I love all of the conversations I have on the show, but this one was extra special. I truly feel like Jen Robin, author of Life in General, a joyful guide to organizing your home and creating the space for what matters most, hopped on this chat as a stranger and left a friend. As you'll hear, we are both passionate about organizing, but mostly for how our organized homes allow us to live our best lives. I love this conversation. A little about Jen. She is the CEO of Life in General, an organizational and lifestyle company she founded in 2014. Based in Los Angeles and a former celebrity executive assistant, she realized her true passion was for helping others create happier lives through sustainable home transformation. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I enjoyed being a part of it. Jen, this book speaks to my soul. I am obsessed with organization, but the good news is life in general can work for even the least organized among us. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I loved the book. So on page one of the introduction, you write, I believe that people are the happiest version of themselves when they are organized. I know that has certainly proven true in my life and obviously yours as well, but why do you believe this to be true? I, I wholeheartedly believe this. I mean, this is the center of everything I do. And I, I really believe that, you know, when you're home in your office or your car, I mean, anything and everything in your life is you function better. And for me, I know when I am kind of a little chaotic or something feels a little off, it's, oh yeah, because my, my house is a mess or my room is, you know, I didn't take the time and it, it doesn't need to be perfect. And I definitely don't believe that anything ever will be but it's really taking the time and kind of creating that life that you do want to live. And I know, especially for me and obviously my line of work, that I can see it for myself. I can see it for my family and my friends and my clients is they are happier people and better versions of themselves when the, when the clutter is gone. Yeah. And let's talk about your line of work. So you have probably one of my top three dream jobs. You are a a professional organizer and you are the founder of Life in General, spelled J-E-N-E-R-A-L, which I think is horrible. So good. Um, So tell those of us that might not know, what does a professional organizer do? Well, thank you. I definitely love it too. Um, a lot of what you, professional organizers do is is really creating order and systems in someone's life. And I, I have always loved order since I was a young kid, but seeing a transformation in the space, you know, is one thing, right? You can see the physical change, but when you see it and feel it on the emotional side, that is a whole different level. And so, you know, I... I love what I do. I love that I get to create that every day. Every single day is different. There are no two clients the same, Um, but I, but I really do, you know, I, I speak every, you know, every day it's like, I don't feel like I'm working. And I know that it sounds cliche of, you know, you, you're not working a day in your life if you really love what you do, but 
I look forward to it. It, I actually get myself in trouble because I'm like, all right, got it. You have to take a break. You have to take rest. And Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm learning that more than ever this year. And, you know, with writing the book and just everything that's going on, um, Mm -hmm. it is really important in that self-care, but I love it. I, I mean, I'm up in the middle of the night sometime thinking about space and order and function. And um, I'm a nerd through and through. And it's just something that I'm glad that this is a profession because I had no idea growing up um, or I would have written that on my, you know, teacher's answers. But Mm -hmm. it it really is something that you feel you feel differently. You really do. Yeah. And I could tell by reading the book that you are just really in your genius zone and you're really in your passion. And, and that's such a gift. I mean, not everybody gets to do that. And I, I know that I'm doing as much as I would love to be a professional organizer. I think I'm right where I'm meant to be writing and podcasting, but you know, I, I know that it's such a gift to be able to do that. And I'm so thankful you get to have that experience as well, because I know that not everybody does. And, and that's why you're so good at it is because it it truly is your passion that that jumps off the page of the book. So you write the more stuff we have, the less time we have to enjoy it. I've been saying that for years, Jen. That's why I'm like, I just, yes, preach. I'm such, I'm so much more of a minimalist. I would rather have experiences than stuff personally. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I wanted to say your quote again, because I cut off the, my favorite sentence. It says, the more stuff we have, the less time we have to enjoy it or each other. Um, I really feel like your work helps us prioritize what matters most to us in our lives. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we're, we're in a, in a world of constant consuming and everything is at our fingertips and, you know, really overstimulation with all ages. And I really kind of go back to the core of, creating the space for what matters most. And, and that is people, that is love, that's connection. That's these conversations that we're having right now, you know, rather than, you know, constantly consuming or trying to fill space or fill voids. Um, And, you know, I think the beauty of when you do kind of take a step back and when you really kind of evaluate your life and how you feel and how you want to live it, I think it's really important that, people that's at the center of it too, right? Where it's, you want to have this love and connection because what's, what's the point. And for me, I am huge, like you said, on experiences and moments and connection with people. And like, I mean, I love a good glass of wine at night and just sitting on the couch with people I love and just talking life. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I love not to say, of course, I, I don't want people to own nothing. Like I, I definitely just want people to love what they have, but it's not about the stuff. It's really going back to the core and the root of, you know, what matters most. And that is that, that connection and people. Yeah, I'm taking this course pretty soon and it's called financial minimalism. And that doesn't mean this is about finances, not stuff, but it doesn't mean that you don't spend money. I mean, you you spend, you can spend money, but it's just, are you spending money on things that really set your soul on fire instead of just sure. this stuff? And, and that's when I say I'm a minimalist, it doesn't mean that I have like nothing in my house. I mean, I do, especially books, but um, you know, it just means that the stuff I do have is stuff that I really value and it's not just meaningless clutter and it it really brings joy to my life and so um, you take a holistic approach to organizing one that actually sticks and works I know a lot of people try and fail 
to organize their homes and their lives, but this approach, the life in general approach, really works. So walk us through that on a high level. And for, for the deep dive, listeners can grab a copy of the book, but on a high level, walk us through your approach. Yeah, so our our method is is simple. It's it's five steps. And any space in your home or life, you can follow this. It obviously will change a little if you're in a kitchen to a closet based on the inventory. Mm-hmm. But step one is always, always removing everything out of the space. So all the inventory, all the contents, you know, you want to start with that blank slate. One, because you're pulling everything out to then see what you have, but then you're also being able to see the space differently. And then the second step is categorizing and sorting. So that really means putting like items together. As you're pulling things out of whatever space you're in, you're putting jeans with jeans, shoes with shoes. You know, if you're in a kitchen, you're putting appliances in one area, you're putting food in another and really kind of taking the time to categorize and sort um, how you use things as well. And then the third one is, is the discard and donate. And for me, it's going back to these basic principles of do you love it? Do you use it? And do you need it? And Obviously there's more questions there and that we deep dive in the book, like you said, of, do you have duplications of it? Do you really, you need one upstairs and downstairs, you know, and there's, there's deeper questions there, but at the, at the foundation of it is those simple questions of love it, use it and need it. And if not, you know, the discarding part for me is there's a home that it could be better suited for. And there's so much joy and giving and donations and lots of wonderful places that it does kind of change your mindset there. So that one's a good, that's a really good one to kind of self-reflect and really take the time to think about those, those key questions. And then the fourth one is adding systems. And this is where um, the products and containers and containment. And, you know, this one's going to be a fun one for people because in the book, I say you need that. And I want to go one step further too. And I can't wait to explore this, um, with everyone when they read the book is that doesn't mean you need to buy fancy things. You know, you can make, right. you can repurpose, you could use shoe boxes. I mean, there's so many other ways to be able to create that containment or sandwich bags, um, you know, and it's really keeping those like items together because, you know, especially when you come with small things um, with kids, especially like there's so much stuff that you want to just make sure you're, you're really streamlining your foundation there. And then maintenance is the last one. And this is a fun one because you know, you set, you take the time to do the steps one through four, you create these, you know, foundation, it's ready to go, but it's not going to stay that way if you don't maintain it. So it's right. whether that's these small habits or a weekly reset, which is what I do. Um, you know, life is busy, you know, people have kids and you're, you know, hurrying from one thing to the other, but it's, it's setting these small habits and, you know, have that foundation. And then you just have to put it back where you created that space for it. And so knowing that can change over time, but you've already set the foundation. So now it's, it's really up to you to maintain it. And I, I laugh with the clients, like, you know, I can't live with you forever. So like, (laughs) 
I just, I can only bring you to some point. And then knowing that you have the tools and then people who obviously, you know, haven't hired us or can't hire us or whatever walk of life they're in, it's, you can create this for yourself, but you do have to focus on the maintenance, which is, it's the end of the book, obviously, but it's this, this moment of what do you see for yourself? How do you feel now that you've done this? And then creating a life around these changes that will really set you up for success. Yeah. And I'm in, I'm personally, am in step five maintain right now. And I will, so I don't have kids. I will, I will give that caveat. It would be a lot harder to do with children, but I actually do a mini daily sweep. The first thing I do when I come home is do my, uh, I'll call it my step five, maintain daily sweep. It takes me maybe two minutes and it's, it's because everything is usually already in its place with maybe a couple stray things here and there. And it's just, it's so it's, if you really are committed to keeping up with it, it's really not that big of a time commitment. Like if you do the work on the front end, which the book walks you through how to do that, it's, I find that my life just flows easier yeah. when I have these systems. And, and, and I, yeah, and I, and sorry to interrupt. I, it's, no, it fine. speaks to my soul. <laughs> like, I'm like, this is, and again, it's, you don't need hours because everyone has, is in a different season. You know, things will change. Like I'm a bonus mom. I have two, you know, I'm two young kids in the, in the house and, and there's definitely life that happens. And I'm not always going to want to put things back right away, but it's, it's taking inventory of doing it when you can, whether that is once a day or once a week, or, you know, creating that, that system for yourself. And it it might not be the same each week or each day, but it's setting Mm -hmm. the intention of, of doing it because it won't take that long if you keep that up. And those two minutes is, is that, that changes your life. And that's just two minutes. So it's really important. Yeah, it really is. So, so out of that five-step process, what do you find, which step tends to be the most challenging for people? Is it maintaining? A, a lot of it is the just starting the first yeah. one, you know, because of the barriers and the, the, the problems that they come or feel, you know, they don't have enough time or don't know where to start and all that. Um, but it really is once they get going, a lot of it is the systems and the maintaining because they get a little overwhelmed of, you know, okay, great. They have that. They've got it. They're on the categorizing and sorting, which is pretty self-explanatory than the discard and donating. Um, and again, every person's different. So, you know, you could have a harder time with step one, the person to my right could have a harder time with four. Um, but at the end of it, the majority is a lot of times the just starting, but when they do, I mean, it, I, I wrote a book about, it will change your life. And then about four and five of the maintaining of once you get into that system of doing it, that is your, your set. It's just, you it's really just are. Yeah. It's just like when you, it's just the same thing as brushing your teeth every day, twice a day, hopefully, or, you know, your morning, your morning routine. When you, when you get up, most of us have a pretty, you know, at least most of the, most days, the same rough morning routine. And, and that's the, the sweep is just a part of my evening routine at this point. My bedroom is in the back of my house. And so I have to walk through the whole house, to get to where I'm going. And so I just do my sweep and, you know, usually everything's in place and it's just, it's just, I can't, like, I cannot tell people how 
easy it makes life to do to do this and i'm i'm certainly not perfect and all my ducks are not in a row but at least i don't have to worry about i can't find this you know my house is a cluttered mess at least i've got that under control if nothing else so you write <laughs> you write that you hear six general excuses for living cluttered lives they are i don't have enough time i don't know where to start I don't want to lose the memories. I might need it one day. I'd feel guilty if I didn't keep this and I'd feel lost without my stuff. So is there one of those that you see the most often as an excuse? Kind of going back to, you know, the steps, it, it really depends on the person, but the time is, is one that comes up more often than not because of, you know, like I said, life is busy, but what I love about what I've you know, what I wrote is, you know, what do you want to make time for? Let's flip the script. Like, let's yeah. have an honest conversation with our, like ourselves, each other and create that space. And, and a lot of times it's like, okay, I actually want to have time to do this. So it might mean that I need to do something differently over here. Um, but it, it really is kind of like I said, just starting and, and scheduling it in. I'm a big believer on really putting it in your calendar, sharpie it in because it, it is often the first thing to go. It's kind of like self-care. And I have this year in particular, and of course, with, you know, everything going on in the world, the last few years, you know, a lot of times, like we're the first person to say like, okay, I'll get to it later. Or, you know, mm -hmm. let's do something else because of that self-care. Well, this is self-care. This is a huge part of self-care of, of creating that foundation for the life that you want to live. And um, it, it is something that you just kind of really have to set the intention and understand like, what then do you want to make time for? So then we can understand that. And then once you see for yourself, like, oh, wow, this really does change every aspect. My yeah. relationships are better. My day-to-day -day is more streamlined. You know, and again, like you said, and I'll always say it, like not every day is going to be rainbows and every day could be, you know, something new can come at you, but this is really making it easier to bounce back and also making it easier to create that, that life and the routine that you do want. Absolutely. I, I mean, I feel like you are my soul sister. Like you, a lot of people don't understand this and, uh, and, and, and most of them I, are men I've dated. And like, I just, I, I cannot tell you how much easier and functional my life is because I don't have to worry about cleaning my house every day, you know, because it's a disaster again and, or every week or whenever. So you write as you organize your home and your life, your guiding question should always be, how can I shape my home to nurture my heart in this particular season? Which I appreciate that you say in this particular season, because I'm in a season right now where I don't have kids. Someday that will change. And so how can I nurture my heart in this particular season? Why is that question so important, Jen? Oh, I mean, how much time do we have? <laughs> it is, it, you <laughs> it really goes back to what do you want for the intention of your life and how do you want to feel? And every season, every day, every person in this world is different. And, you know, your season of life this year, this month, what might be different next month and it, and it most likely will. So it's, it's really kind of understanding and guiding yourself through each season and setting yourself up for success. And, and I mean that like really 
you know, understanding the, the bigger question of like, what do you want and how do you want to feel every day? And when you can kind of grasp that and understand that, wow, we do have the tools um, to get organized in your home life, your work life, whatever that might be, just everywhere. It really does. It does matter. And, and these bigger, these bigger life questions of um, what kind of life do you want to live? And I can't, I will say it over and over because it really is at the foundation of everything, especially with the organizing. It's like, you take the time, you set yourself up, you know, it's not going to ever be perfect. I want to scratch, scratch that word from everyone's vocabulary because it, it's, progress. It's constantly, you know, trying and evolving because the reality is it is we're going to be different tomorrow. The next day, I hope to be completely different and keep ever evolving and changing. Um, But it's really coming back to the soul of doing the work and setting yourself up. Like, what do you really want? Yeah. And I want to drive home that the, this, your process, not just you, Jen, but you listeners, the process has the freedom to change over time. Like you're not stuck to it forever. There are different seasons in your life. And this is like so much more than just having an organized pantry, for example, like this is, it's more, it's more about, it's just, it's, it's your life we're talking about here. And where, and you know, what do you want to fill your home and fill your life? Cause you know, a lot of us are still and gosh, with this you know, please Jesus know with this new Omicron variant being in the US now, we might could be coming back home again more than mm-hmm. ever. So I want this place to be a place of peace and I want it to be my sanctuary and organization helps me get there. And um, I want to talk about this. You write that the items in your home or in our home, all of our homes generally fall into one of two categories, life giving things and life taking things. Can you explain those two buckets for us? Yeah. So life giving things I explain is, you know, it's really stuff that you love, use, and need kind of going back to the questions that you're going to ask yourself. This is what makes life doable and delightful and fun. Like my morning coffee maker, you know, it could be as as simple as that, or for me, it's my lifeline <laughs> or, um, same. you and I are the same person exactly. and, and a reminder that everyone is going to have different answers here. Um, because it really is self and what makes you tick and make what makes you happy and how you want to live no matter where you are in the world. Um, and then life taking things are really those, you know, it's the clutter, it's the possessions that are stealing away from our time, our sanity, the energy we have. It's a lot of times what I've noticed with clients and and myself included, where I have to check in with myself weekly. I mean, daily, I'm like, okay, are these decisions or things that I'm buying or purchasing, are they coming from, you know, fear or insecurity or uncertainty? And, and that's what the life taking things are. It's the things that are filling the space just to fill it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But not actually asking those hard questions. And when you kind of get that down, you start purchasing, purchasing things differently. You look at stuff differently. And that really is my hope of bringing things in and out of your home based on the season, you know, based if like, again, like I have kids now in the home. And so there's sports stuff and, you know, all that 
it wasn't my life years ago. And now it's, it's so wonderful to kind of ebb, the ebb and flow of life and you move with it. And it's, it's really, um, it's really special. And I think when you kind of get to the root of what those two things mean and how each person would categorize certain things, um, for themselves, it really can kind of flip the script on, on how you want to set your home up. Absolutely. Well, you introduced a concept to me in the book called the joy drawer. Tell us about that. I I really need to trademark this, by the way. You really um, do. I, I, yes, we'll call legal today. Yeah, um, call legal after we get off the Zoom. <laughs> the, you know, the junk drawer is something that has been around forever. And it's the, the miscellaneous items, right? But sometimes frequently used or should be. Um, but usually this drawer is kind of in someone's kitchen or their, their central hub if they have one. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I was thinking about it one day because everyone's like, oh, don't go in the joy drawer or junk drawer. Don't go here. Don't go here. And it was always like the drawer that nobody wanted to open. It's like the Monica closet and friends, like everything's (laughs) great. Like keep that closed. Let's just take a peek in here. You know, again, judgment-free zone always. And it just was something like, I'm like, why? I don't want you to have junk in, you know, using that like energy around the word junk is not something that I want to create for your space and your life. And obviously myself included. So that's kind of where the joy was, it was created. It's, it's a tongue twister sometimes, but I, I definitely think it's to, when you think about what it really entails, like, I love it. And I, I feel like everyone should have a joy drawer. Um, in their home and, and less using the junk word, because I do want yes. everything in your home to bring you joy and make you feel good. And, and that, why not create a drawer, a drawer for that too? Absolutely. Absolutely. So Jen, the passion you have for your work truly shines through the book. I, I think it's sh- shown through this conversation as well. My last question for you is what about this work brings you happiness and joy? Speaking of joy drawers, what, what about what you do brings you happiness and joy? Oh, I, I love it. I, I love to serve people. I'm I just, I'm a giver by nature and, you know, to a fault at sometimes where it's that I love people to their core. And I feel that I was meant to do this work. And there's a bigger purpose here for me. If I could make the connection with people to say like what your home and life is supposed to be really truly about and help people, of course, declutter, you know, have their rooms and spaces tidy, but going back to the soul of it all of, creating that space for someone. And I love this work so much because every single day, like I said, I get to help and serve people and really make this world a better place. And I think that I don't take that lightly. And I feel that when people come up to now, like they come to us with maybe discouraging thoughts or feeling overwhelmed in their sanity or it's usually a transitional time in their life, whether it's, you know, getting married or a baby or sometimes the, you know, the sad, the the moments of death or, you know, divorce and having that hope on the other side and knowing that I can help them lean into that with these tools and having them understand all of that. I think it's all encompassing and I couldn't imagine doing anything else for the rest of time. And I believe in this work and I believe in this book and just the beginning of something, someone, no matter where you are in the world to just start and pick the book up and, and really, you know, understand that anyone can do this 
and you have it in you and it really will create a life that's so beautiful or continue to be so beautiful um, at whatever season you're in. Oh, Jen, I love this. This is one of my favorite conversations. Life oh. in general, a joyful guide to organizing your home and creating the space for what matters most is out December 7th. Thank you so much for being here, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. So fun. I left our chat feeling so alive and so understood. Thank you for that, Jen. We have some really exciting chats lined up for December. We're going to talk to Marcellus Reynolds about iconic Black women who revolutionized Hollywood. We're going to talk to former editor-in-chief of Cosmopolitan, Glamour, Mary Claire, YM, and Us Weekly, yes, all of them, Bonnie Fuller. We're going to talk to Sherry Salata, the former executive producer of The Oprah Winfrey Show. We've got a great month ahead. Stay tuned.